All right, it is the WMAY Morning News Feed at 7.40. I'm Greg Bishop, joined in studio by Nick Dotson. He is an executive board member with the Sangamon County Sierra Club here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. Uh, Nick, thanks for taking time with us. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, hear about uh, what you guys got going on with the uh, um, situation on what we know or what we don't know yeah. uh, about uh, the ash release that happened uh, several weeks ago from City Water, Light, and Power. Right. Well, first, I just want to say thanks for having me. I appreciate you allowing us to come speak about this because there's not a lot of capacity to have these conversations. Um, ultimately, if you're not familiar with what's going on, uh, I think it was about three weeks ago or so, uh, there was a coal fly ash incident out at CWLP. Uh, an employee allegedly released a, a valve that uh, allowed about two and a half hour to three hour cloud of coal fly ash, which is basically the remnants of high heat burnt coal, including the metals and such that are are, are not able to be burnt up. Uh, that There was a large plume around CWLP, and not a lot of folks knew what it was. Uh, a lot of people thought it was smoke, etc. And unfortunately, the, uh, we believe, uh, and myself and many of my friends, family, loved ones, etc., in Springfield believe that uh, the city's response and CWLP's uh, lack of response uh, was very poor. We were uh, told that they sent out an email uh, to the local broadcast journalists, etc. However, didn't utilize an emergency text messaging program that we already pay for, administrate, and manage that has 6,000 city residents on. So to say that that wouldn't have made a difference is completely disingenuous, and I'm here to refute that completely. So this was obviously something that um, ironically happened while lawmakers were right down the street uh, in, in, in the Capitol uh, debating the latest energy bill. Uh, so this this kind of helps uh, play into the idea that we need cleaner energy, right? Um, but when it comes to you know the... the the, the the incident happening and the the lack of knowledge of those immediately close. What are some of the stories you've heard from people who lived close to the vicinity of where the ash spilled out yeah. and, and some of the concerns you may have heard from those individuals? Yeah, so I, I specifically had a friend who heard about it and was concerned and drove over to the area to check it out. And she actually saw a woman riding her bike through uh, the plume, no mass, no awareness of what was going on. And my friend rolled down her window and said, hey, you need to please try and get home and out of this. This is very dangerous to be in. She had no idea. Obviously, there's going to be situations like that in the moment. However, uh, whenever something like that does happen, uh, I think there needs to, again, be an immediate response uh, publicly to what's going on, just in case. If we don't know, we say that. That's how we, we, accept, we accept it and say, hey, we're not sure what's going on, but in this era, everybody has masks. Everybody almost has cell phones, generally, and can spread the word from them. A little text message to 6,000 individuals would have spread to, like rapid fire uh, throughout social media, uh, Facebook, etc. So, I mean, really, it just really bothers me that there wasn't an address immediately of the issue and that CWLP specifically says that uh, they, they didn't do it. So... And the system that they have in place, of course, is something that is it goes citywide uh, and almost is is like you know if there's a severe weather emergency or you know possibly uh, some kind of power outage, uh, it seems that this could be something that is ripe uh, right. to be used for right. this type of situation. Right? Do you think that this requires maybe something with the the city to pass an ordinance saying? If there's a utility emergency of sorts that that could cause 
direct health consequences to people close by that they should like should it be codified right in city statute that says CWLP or any other utility has to utilize this you know that's a good question and maybe through the end of the coal era of uh, that might be a great idea because as we see these plants decaying and there's more issues here and there like this is allegedly something that's never happened before right uh, so if this is going to be something that happens here and there maybe an emergency system for mass air pollution isn't a crazy idea you know as as i've said before there are not solar spills uh there are not wind spills coal and oil can still get pretty gross in our area so specifically if there's something like that going on we need to know um you know we're in an era where there's there's not a lot of accountability sometimes for our city leaders and talking about this matters uh we need to bring these things up when there's there's an issue that we need to build a community of people that want to take care of one another and if one person's health respiratory health breathing could be saved that's that's more than enough we're talking with nick dotson he is a an executive board member with the sangamon county uh, sierra club here on the wmay morning news feed uh finding out what we do and what we don't know about the ash release that happened from city water light and power uh and seeing some of the images was just uh, you know when i was at the capitol covering what was going to happen with the energy legislation seeing that pop up in the statement from CWLP was obviously uh, something that uh, really made the issue of uh, energy creation and how we're uh, going about creating this energy uh, crystal clear in people's heads as to some of the problems that could arise uh, from from coal-fired generation stations. But, uh, Nick, uh, you know, we, we heard from Doug Brown and from CWLP that they've figured it out. They, they was a, uh, you know, there, there was a policy that wasn't followed, per se. Um, so what do you want to see happen to whoever may have been responsible for the release of the ash because like they they released a valve without uh, you know fully being aware that there was ash in there or something to that effect i'm not an engineer of a utility right. but somebody didn't follow a policy uh do you want to know who those individuals are and, and how they're being held accountable no i don't think that's important i think this is a protocol issue I don't think there needs to be a heavy hammer dropped on any employee at CWLP. I don't think that's what fixes this. There's not some one person that did this. Because if a new employee comes in tomorrow, they could have done it as well. So there's a few questions I still want to know specifically. How often do you review the safety protocol? Don't we need to do that maybe more frequently? Let's be honest. What sort of training do we need to do to avoid employee errors? Because what they were doing didn't prevent this already. Okay, so we want to understand what protocols, Doug Brown, are you putting in place? Speak about them publicly. That's why I'm here. And uh, what the time what you guys did at the time of the emergency wasn't satisfactory. Uh, It it left everyone with a bad taste in the mouth. Literally, Uh, a friend of mine, Teresa Haley, director of the Illinois NAACP, had to get a nebulizer, couldn't breathe, still is having issues to this day. She spoke at our, at our press conference about it because she's having a lot of respiratory health issues because of it. I have friends that live in that vicinity, and I'm still concerned that they might get – this might happen again. So I think we really need to address all of this publicly and have a conversation about it. And I really appreciate you having me here again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, Nick Dotson is uh, executive board member with the uh, Sangamon County Sierra Club. Um, we've heard some of the conversations brought up at the city council. Um, uh, do you anticipate uh, having more of these open conversations? And uh, you know, I'll, I'll see if I can get response from from CWLP on is especially the issue of uh, what kinds of safety uh, protocols and um, uh, the types of procedures. Are you regularly reviewing those? Are you regularly 
regularly testing those? Are you having drills and whatnot? Uh, how regular are those drills, and should they be, you know, if not weekly, uh, you know, on a regular basis? Um, so, so we'll try to get some more detail about that. But uh, again, do you do you feel that getting some actual substantive action from the city council to codify some of these things uh, is is the right approach? I'm not certain. That might not be a terrible route, honestly, just so it does actually have some teeth. But honestly, I'm not sure. I'm not a legislator. I don't know what the best route is. All I know is I I like to advocate for Springfield, my community, where I live, uh, because sometimes I don't see a lot of it going on uh, from lack of a lot of journalists locally uh, and beyond. So I I think even if this particular thing doesn't happen again, that doesn't mean that nothing else ever will happen. And uh, this is really important to remind that an old factory that's starting to decay and maybe some things are happening here and there that we don't want to talk about publicly. I know there was a, a big fire that cost us about $3 million uh, maybe last year. Well, and then a couple of years before that, yeah. there was an explosion. Oh, yeah. And so uh, let's, yeah. let's just make it more public. It's called City Water, Light, and Power. I don't know why there's any, uh, you know, not... Co- I don't know why the city wouldn't be more concerned with the public health. Let's just put it at that. Nick Dotson, um, keep us posted on what you find out. Of course, we'll uh, we'll ask the utility for for some response and uh, have this conversation openly because, as you said, it's important um, for people who live close to there. If they see a plume of dirty cloud, right, uh, that's obviously something they need to be concerned with, that's- and they should be notified as to what that is, uh, especially if it's coming from a public body. Right, and I want to further mention that. If we could just even ask them about the taste of the water lately, it's still dirty. I know we're being, we were told it was a lake turnover, uh, kind of co- coincided very similarly to the time of the coal ash release. I don't know that specific of science, but I do know that three, four weeks later of the city water still tasting bad. I'm having business owners come to me asking why their, their water tastes bad. Bad water makes bad food. I'm in food ho- service and hospitality my whole life. If you can't get clean water to your kitchen, your food's going to lack already from the get-go. So that needs to be addressed as well, at least acknowledged again, because it still doesn't taste right. Something else, yeah, I think is an important uh, um, conversation to continue to have because these are all things important to public health, uh, to quality of life, uh, and uh, making sure that we have uh, something that uh, is a jewel in Springfield not turn into a uh, um, uh, a bit of a, a, a dirty lump of coal. Uh, and not necessarily <laughs> meaning to use that as a... <laughs> as an a analogy. Uh, acknology, but uh, yeah, you know, you know what I'm right, saying. Nick, right. thank you so much for taking thank time with us. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's been a pleasure. I really appreciate the time to be here, Greg. Seriously.